Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is your AEW review with me, your boy, Big Tasty. I'm joined by, well, we're both recovered from our exploits at the love of, for the love of wrestling this weekend. It's Jay. How's it going, mate? I, I, I think recovered is a very... Uh... Very kind analysis <laughs> of how I feel right now. How was uh, how was your for the love of wrestling? You didn't you didn't have for a week. It was fine. I didn't really I didn't do any of the um kind of meet and greet stuff. I was just kind of pottering around them while Aaron Courtney did the thing and nearly I, I I got told to fucking move by MJF. <laughs> I mean so that's Pac and MJF who now like sworn at you told to move. Pretty much said the same thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm trying to think what else. Oh, a high, a high five to um, Eric Redbeard. Oh, nice. I shook his hand. And uh, I, yeah. I, I shook Eric's hand and like my entire hand fitted in his palm. Big lad, isn't he? He's a big boy. Like, I mean, he obviously you know he's a big lad, but when you when you see him like in person, he is fucking huge. Also, Bo Dallas gave me a hug, which is really cool. That's nice. Yeah, we, we gave nice. him a beer and he was like, I want to come around and hug you. Is that okay? And we were like, yeah, okay. Do you want to? Do you now believe? And I do now believe. He wrote believe on a kind of bit for me, so now I now I absolutely believe. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So if I mean, if anyone was on the fence about whether or not to go to for the little wrestling, uh, I had. I mean, I was only there working. And I had a really fun time. Was there with Top Rope? Um, yeah. It was. It was just a really fun atmosphere, wasn't it? It was like super chill. Um, yeah. Even even like uh, progress up there, but which was like the kind of free area for fans to go to and meet wrestlers, as opposed to. Paying like silly money to meet like some of the big names. You yeah, to, like, if you just wanted like if you just wanted to like hang out and say hi to like there like Lana Austin there, like Dan Maloney was there. Man like Derice. Man Derice was there. So they, they had like really Simon cool, Miller. He was really there. Cool, yeah, Simon Miller was there. So they had like big names there as well from like the UK scene, which was which was really nice to see. Uh, right, uh, should we crack straight into Dynamite because it was a yeah. it, was, it was a weird Dynamite this week. It was another one of those where it feels like it's setting up for next week a lot. I feel like it was a really good show. But at the same time, yeah, there was a lot of kind of a lot of like laying the seeds and groundwork for stuff that's coming in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, well, we start off with it's a little spoiler for later, probably my favorite match on the show, which was yeah. CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes, which is not a match I knew I wanted to, to see in 2022, but here we are. Yeah, I think it's one of those matches that, like, given like whenever Dustin wrestles, he just fucking goes. He's wrestling like a man who knows he's like running out of rope here, doesn't he? Like he's he's just putting everything into everything he does, which is yeah. But even like stuff like I remember he'd get, he'd get criticized for his code red, and he's like he's like tighten that up now, and he's like looks it looks believable when he does it. It, it only takes it, it only takes fifteen minutes to, to go now until like half an hour, which is yeah mm. much better. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I joke, but like he, he's in the shape weirdly, he's in the shape of his career. One thing. um that's very interesting about this because um, we need to address the elephant in the room. Obviously, 
there's a lot of rumours that Bret Hart is or isn't going to AEW. Yeah. And there's been a lot of kind of teasers from like guys like CM Punk and FTR about Bret Hart. Oh, Punk's in- Bret Hart ring gear here was lovely. Well, Punk was wearing Bret Hart ring gear, but also the match they actually worked was basically Bret Hart versus Goldust. Yeah. Like there was a couple of, obviously like with like a bit of like kind of like tweaks because Bret Hart didn't do GTSs and (laughs) what a Code Red was back in 1996. I mean, this, this, this was like psychology, the match, wasn't it? Like the, the, the the ring psychology here was unbelievable. I mean, this was, this was what it, it was two guys who know what they're doing, putting on a really good wrestling match. Yeah. And uh, I think when, um, I said last week, like it's it's things like this where you really kind of appreciate that punks in the argument for best in the world is when I mean it's it's not just a it's not just a saying, is it he really is bloody good. <laughs> yeah. Is when he's allowed to just do psychology. And obviously I said like he did a lot of stuff that mirrored Bret Hart versus Goldust, which is just like a cool like for him it's it's probably just like a kind of like moment as a fan where it's like, I like both these guys, I'm gonna just do like a little homage to that. Um, but ju- just the whole like work in the leg, the whole dust like Dustin really struggled with his leg, and then Punk like basically tip for tap with working out Punk's leg. Yeah, it was just where Punk Punk like sold hurting his leg on a spot to the outside, didn't he? And then for the rest of the match, like there's a bit we were in for like the GTS, and like he, his leg gave and like sort of he, he came he came out like slightly limping after yeah. the um because obviously he did the. the spot with in the Penta match where he like he fucked up the um top rope Oracle runner and like landed on his knee funny. Yeah. And then that played like played more into the match. Um I yeah I mean what's more to say about Punk Golden like you really can appreciate how good he is when the fact that his psychology is flawless with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And also like I know he's I know he's been back for like about what six months now. But still, to be to like be performing at that level, like literally, it's a, it's like he's it's like he's found like an old like coat in the attic or something and gone. I wonder if this still fits. And it's, put it take, on. it's taken him like less than six months to get up to what you'd now say is full speed. Yeah, but I I think even before that, like his match with MJF was well, both of them were yeah. outstanding. Um, From about the turn of the year, really, he's just been. <laughs> And he didn't, on, a, on, a, on a different level. Yeah, but he didn't have bad matches with Darby or... No, no, they, they, they weren't bad. It was always good, but, like, he's, he stepped up to, like, the top, top gear now. Like, he is, he is like, <laughs> now in that... I'm not saying he's quite there, but he's in that Brian Danielson bracket. He, it, it's it's like he's making a... Like, almost, because obviously there's people who, like, are going, oh, yeah, since Punk and Danielson come in, they've forgotten about the guys they were building up. But it's almost as if Punk's like making a case for why he belongs in that like tier. Yeah, he, he's he's well. I mean, this is this is Punk's audition <laughs> tape for like this is why he should be in the title picture. This is why I'm a main event guy. This is why I deserve the title shot. This is why he's the next world champion. This is why he should be the next world champion. Yeah, uh, and yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so interestingly, on this though, the match does not end with a GTS because um, Punk can't do it because his legs too fucked. Uh, he basically just rolls up Dustin and and gets him with a surprise roll. It was um the finish the breakfast bulldog. Yeah. 
just just to just to throw that one off there as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's so. I mean, it was a, it was a phenomenal match. Um, really great from both guys. It was a great opener as well. It wasn't like the fast paced openers that you normally get with AW, but it, it was something totally different. It was slow building, but when it got like when it really like got to like its sort of apex of the it, match, yeah, it, it it really built well, Ooh. didn't it? Like, yeah. Um. So anyway, Punk wins. As he's walking down the ramp, he's doing the belt sign across his waist. Hangman's and then he gets to the top of the ramp and Hangman's music hits. And it's the first time we've seen it like actually acknowledged from Hangman's side that maybe Punk is going to be his next challenger. And Hangman just comes out and just holds the belt up. Yeah. Um, and they look at each other and then Punk walks off. Loved it. Yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, well, I mean, we're a month... About a month out, aren't we, from just, Double or Nothing? I think, yeah, I think it's three weeks, uh, four weeks Sunday, just gone. Okay. So three, 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 weeks, three weeks Sunday or something like that, yeah. So, what we are now? 26th of April, so yeah, a month out. A month away. So they've got time to build that. They'll probably, yeah. they'll probably uh, make it official the next week or two. I mean, they, they have been built. Well, realistically, Punk's working his way up the rankings, isn't he? So, he's beat Penta. He's beat Dustin. He's got from fifth, yeah, but MJF wasn't ranked. No. Um, he theoretically Punk should be third in the rankings right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, third in the rankings. So he's going to beat Cole at some point. I think Punk versus Cole's imminent. Yeah. Which is insane to think that like that match is like not going to be on a pay per view first. Yeah, it's just going to be on Dynamite or Rampage or something. It's, it's not even like a special episode. It's just going to be on like a weekly, one of the weekly shows. Um, and I, I assume they're probably going to like be given like a good like 30 minutes. Yeah, oh yeah. Give them like half an episode of Rampage like they did with um, well, the, the Death the other thing, Yeah, the other thing though as well to kind of like take into account is look at Double or Nothing last year. They did a triple threat. There's nothing to say they, they won't do it. I think it should be Punk versus Hangman one-on-one, but... yeah. If they want to kind of protect Hangman, there's nothing to say they don't have like another guy in there. Yeah, I mean, who would you put in them? That's be a heel, wouldn't it? Mm, potentially, could be a tweener. I mean, Pac did it last year. Yeah, but you just have Pac and let's take another <laughs> pin. Pac can take another pin. Pac, Pac just beats the shit out of people like once he takes a pin. Have a look at their official rankings, dead quick. We were late putting them up last week, which is yeah. why they didn't mention them. They've only, got, they've only got last week's rankings, April 20th. Um, April 20th. So Moxley, Scorpio Sky. So Punk yeah. is third at the moment. So Sky, Moxley Sky, and, Sky and Moxley that, ahead of him. I mean, they're too, I, I doubt we're going to get Punk versus Moxley. No. But then Mox, if Mox is number one, then he's going to have to like lose somewhere and Mox hasn't lost since he came back. Mox has only lost two matches in AW singles matches. Yeah. Three, sorry. The match where he lost the belt to Kenny, the death match, the Bob White death match and the match against Lance Archer for the US title. I mean, Mox in a, um, Mox in like a, in a triple threat with Punk and Hangman. If you do that and then have the finish be Punk turns heel. 
Yeah, but the problem is, I think that MJF's taking that belt off Punk, so they oh, can't not, not, not so much turns heel, but just have like have Mox hit like the Death Rider or Hangman or something, or vice versa. If Hangman hit the Butcher on Mox, we have uh, and and then Punk just throws the guy out, hits GTS on him in the ring, and then pins them. Doesn't necessarily need to turn heel doing that though. No, but he can just win by like chicanery, can't he? He doesn't have. He can he protect. Can, yeah, you can, can protect the guys by doing stuff like that. He can play it into the whole like he's a wily veteran. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be up for that. I mean, a little punk, punk, a little punk box hanger. Uh, I'd pop for that. Uh, speaking of speaking of MGF, uh, well, MGF's big rival. Uh, I, I like this is a really nice touch. They had Wardlow show up, um, and he was greeted by Mark Sterling and the security guards. And he basically has to be escorted everywhere by security. He has to be handcuffed. He doesn't get any music when he comes out for his match. I like this. They handcuff Wardlow and they start walking him off, and he just sort of turns back. And he's like, "Can someone get my bags?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that Wardlow is like. There's a lot, been a lot of comparisons on um, Twitter this week about like Wardlow and Stone Cold, yeah, and MJF being like the Vince McMahon. So. That's it. We said that the other week. They are they are basically doing Vince Stone Cold with Wardlow and MJF, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. And th- this this was like kind of like the primer of it, I think, where it was like, all right, yeah, Wardlow's actually fitting into this role really well. Yeah, he's and it's it's a credit to his like natural charisma that he's able to do yeah. this like so easily so effortlessly it's it's fantastic yeah, yeah, it's I know, really we, we know they had they had MGF full of arrest on the show I'd love them to get Wardlow next year that'd be a oof I'd love them to get MGF again yeah I'd love to, I'd love to meet the Wardog I'm just annoyed that no one shouted to MJF look out Max Wardlow's coming because <laughs> I reckon he was like I, I was I was trying to get Aaron to do it um, but I reckon MJF would have shit himself yeah although Aaron did meet MJF and he did call him a scumbag to his face. <laughs> as well as as well as calling him a peasant at one point. Yeah. Um, and MJF looked like he wanted to do an actual murder on Aaron to the point where he didn't actually acknowledge Aaron at all in the photo. Uh, right then. So next up we have the Blackpool Combat Club versus the team of Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson. If you're wondering why this team's come together, um, unfortunately Darius is injured again. He's, he's done something to his leg, apparently he's out for a little bit, which kind of sucks. Get hopefully soon. it's not too long, though. Yeah, oh. hopefully, hopefully it's not as bad as the, the knee injury. Yeah. Hopefully it's like something that keeps him up, like, on both sides. Yeah, I mean, this was this was effectively a squash match, because, like, the, 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 the young bullet... The, uh, so, two, two interesting things. One, this was effectively a squash match, but two, these were basically all the guys that... Um, Daniel Bryan talked about, or Bryan Nelson talked about when he was when he was trying to get Mox to join him. Didn't talk about Brock. Well, no, they just threw Brock in there because you know because Daniel Brock. Daniel Garcia is playing with Jericho now, and he said they have to get someone else in. Or Chris Jericho. He's a sports entertainer now. He's not a combat boy. That makes me so sad. Uh, but yeah, this match was basically a squash. Moxie did a lot of the work, a lot of the a lot of the sort of the heavy lifting. Um, Utah had some nice bits. Um, and yeah, Moxie won. With a DDR, you run with a, a Death Rider um, slash Paradigm Shift on which is Dante. Uh, it was he, he, he um, yeah, he, he killed Dante with it. One yeah. thing I would say, da- I mean, Dante put a, Dante put a mo- this is your stretch on Daniels, which I pop for. I love that. Yeah, I was gonna say, you say it was a squash, but then like. There was the bit where Lee Moriarty just came in and took names. Yeah, Lee Moriarty had a lovely. What I mean, he was the hometown guy, wasn't he? So he got he got a big pop when he but came in, and he, he got a big, a, a big fire spot. I do think there was more to it than that. I think like Moriarty's the next member. You reckon? Because 
Well, Regal on commentary addressed it, didn't he? Going, I'm really impressed by this Lee Moriarty. We, we might need to have a conversation with him. Yeah. I, I, I do think, uh, just as, as a little um, update um, on, da- on Darius, uh, he said, he tweeted out three days ago, what I'm curr- currently dealing with had nothing to do with wrestling, but I'm glad everyone else seems to know more about my health than I do, which kind of debunks it. All right. Oh, he did. He did actually wrestle on um, on uh, Dark. Yeah, with, with the Hardys last week. No, no, this week. Oh, this week. Oh, right, okay. On top flight or on Dark tonight, Frankie Kazarian top flight in the Hardys. Maybe. Uh, I mean, was that pre-taped? I mean, maybe. Maybe he just had like a he had like a, a personal thing he had to deal with. I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm going to assume it was a personal thing he had to deal with, and oh, that's fair. why. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's good to know. That's why he took time off because. As I say, he's, he's heavily promoting that AW Dark. <laughs> he's on tonight wrestling and wrestled. Sweet. Uh, I know as well that, that the some talent got pulled, like top flight got pulled from um, the PWG show on the first of May because they're doing dark tapings at um, yeah Universal as well. Sweet. Right then, moving on. Um, backstage, you obviously with the leads are all backstage, and Adam Cole's trying to get them all together, and they're basically going to have a big five man tag match next week. They're going to put out an open challenge. And it basically gets answered by pretty much like the, the young faces, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So it's like Dante Lee and some other people. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be fun. Nice little, uh, nice little fast pace. Might even be the opener tomorrow night. Um, yeah. So next up then we had the... Oh, and after that, crucially, there was a little detail there, wasn't it? Adam Cole said he had to go and do something. He, he did. He did. Which we're about, which we'll find out about right now. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So next up, cocaine Tony's out. He did. He did look like he just like done like a rail or something. <laughs> he just done a lot. Just just next he, three cans of monster. He would just been like out in the park and not talking to Daddy Magic because obviously <laughs> uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society were barred from the building. Yeah. So they had to they had to do it off a uh, off CD's car. He's like, I know a guy. <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, Tony Carr comes out, introduces the president of Japan Pro Wrestling, and yeah, then the before, before he can make the announcement, Adam Cole pops up on the screen and says he's going to make the announcement. So on June twenty second, there will be a Forbidden Door joint pay per view in Chicago. Yeah. This is famously the address. It's, it's the building, isn't it? The address that um, Punk tweeted to Okada. Mm-hmm. Which is... I it's mean, also the building that Punk debuted. Yeah. But, you know, the rumor mill's going to go into fucking overdrive on that, isn't it? Jesus. I mean, the thing is, like, this kind of, like, for me, confirms that Punk's beating Hangman. Yeah. Because you've got... Punk can go into that. Champion v. Champion. Yeah. And then... Is Okada champion at the moment? Okada's champion. Yeah. How long so, for? I don't know, but you'd assume who wins them. You Makada's keeping that belt for like a big, the first ever AEW New Japan crossover. Who, who wins when it, if those two come together? Time on the draw. You reckon? I don't know. Punk can take the loss off of Carter. Yeah, I suppose like, you can. I, I, Punk's the best in the world, but Akada's the god of wrestling. Yeah. And as I said on Discord, the only thing that's going to stop it, the god of wrestling is getting his head stamped in by Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. <laughs> if, if he is uh, just one man. Just one. Just one. Um, 
So yeah, cool. then Cole also announces that this Friday Rampage will be taken on Ishii uh, in a Owen Hart qualifier match, which yeah. is fucking mad. Like just to just drop that in casually is is insanity. And, Tommy Hero, uh, he's doing the fucking like a similar sort of like US tour to Suzuki, just minus the indie dates. Yeah, he's like just, popping up with the big players. Like he's he's he wrestled them um, at Impact's debut. Then he wrestled yeah, he just turned up and wrestled out at a hoss off with Jonah. Um, so after that, we get some angry Kiwi noises because Jay White comes out. Yeah. And basically, um, basically kind of aligns the Bullet Club with the Undisputed Elite. Well, he does, but he teases that we're probably going to get the Undisputed Elite versus the Bullet Club at that show. Yeah. Which is very interesting when you think that the Bullet Club currently consists of Jay White, the Good Brothers, um, ELP, Chris Bay, Hikaleu, um, evil and his boys. But don't worry about that. Yeah, no, 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 no one needs that. It's fine. Ba- basically, it doesn't feel like it's a big enough name to do that. No, but I'm sure they'll. I'm ah, sure they'll, 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 they'll find uh, Next up, then we had Wardlow and Big Sexy Butch. <laughs> yeah, Butch. Yeah, Butch. Butch has quickly become one of my favorite people, and not only in wrestling, but in like the entire world. Yeah, he, he uh, seems like a very excuse me, a very awesome guy. Um, a very nice, imposing monster. And so yeah. Wardlow comes out, no music, with his handcuffs on. Uh, they uncuff him. MGF, is MGF on commentary for this? Uh, no, MGF and Spears. Oh, they're in, in, they're, like, in the, they're in the box, aren't they? Because yeah. you were throwing popcorn down at people like menaces. That's right. So yeah, um, I mean, it's, like, it's, a, it's a fairly short match. The Butcher takes over early. Sort of gets the gets all the offense, throws some chairs in the ring. They go outside. Butcher hits a power bomb. Um, Wardlow kicks out at one, and then basically overpowers Butcher and hits four power bombs and gets the win. Yeah, I mean that's, that's um, kind of. I mean yeah. it, it was it was fine what it did. I mean it really puts Wardlow over because they built Butcher up big for this. Like they had to do the squash last week. They really put yeah. him over as a big threat. And then like after like they, they keep doing this with Wardlow the way they book him, which I really like. And like he is he's got that little bit of vulnerability there where like he can take offense but then as soon as he gets in control he, he just there's no stopping him yeah yeah he's um as i say i think the, the way tony kind of like said that he had the first four champions planned i think he's got the next four planned as well yeah and i think Warren's wardlow i think it's probably going to be punk mjf wardlow the next i think the next big face moments will be wardlow beating mjf for the belt yeah also, it would be good if, like, that's kind of like where they have, like, they meet, like, they re kind of meet, like, have Wardlow wrestle MJF at double or nothing, win his freedom. And then now it's like, all right, now I've got to climb the ranks. Yeah. And by the time, like, MJF's won the belt, Wardlow can be getting to, like, number one, and then we can do Wardlow MJF at full gear. Yeah, I mean, I even do it if you want to get the room all spinning. I do it, winter is coming. 2023, like two weeks for MJF's contract, I suppose. Yeah, that also what kind of a fucking or in fact, do it the fucking New Year show. Oh, yeah, like literally New Year's Eve, do, do New Year's bash. <laughs> literally, like, have fucking MJF threatening to do the punk thing, yeah, threatening to take the belt to WWE. MJF will do the thing where he like the week before we walk through the crowd doing the blow and the kiss to uh, Tony Khan. 
That'd be great, actually. I'd, I'd love that. Yeah. Um, so basically, Eddie Kingston cuts a quick promo, said that everything he does to Daniel Garcia is what he's going to be what he wants to do to Chris Jericho in their mm-hmm. match. So yeah, that's fine. Um, next up, Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly, Owen Hart qualifier. Um, maybe a, uh, I was going to say, was this was was this a surprising result for you? Only because of like how much kind of protection Jungle Boy's got in the last like six months. Yeah, like it feels like Jungle Boy. I mean, he, he still looked fantastic in defeat. He did, but oh, Kyle O'Reilly won clean. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they kind of they covered it up well in the sense they were like they had Christian come out and like kind of chalk it down so that Kyle's just more experienced than Jungle Boy. Yeah, which is like the logical way to do it. And it's it like, makes sense in a singles match. Kyle O'Reilly should be Jungle Boy because he's been doing it longer. He's probably a better wrestler on paper. Former Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was a really super fun match. Like some really good spots. Uh, Jungle Boy does his Jungle Boy does his flippy stuff. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly gets out of the snare trap, which is pretty big. Yeah. Um. What one thing that <clears throat> I will say about um this match as well, though, it did really showcase that Jungle Boy can go technically. Yeah. Like he he, he did hold his own with Kyle as a. There was, there was a lot of chain wrestling in this, a lot of like submission wrestling, a lot of mat wrestling, and uh, Jungle Boy did not look out of place at all here. It was it was really fun to see. I mean, Kyle wins with like a superplex, then a brainbuster, then a diving the off the top rope. So it's not like he just got him off like a, a, a one move or something like that. He, he absolutely laid it on the offense for the win. You have to bring everything, yeah. which was great. <laughs> Next up, then we had MGF backstage. He brings in Jake Roberts. Roberts gets some money for Lance Archer to fight um, Wardlow next week, and then like Lance Archer just runs in, slaps the money out of Jake's hands, and like I don't care, I just want to fight someone. I, I love the fact that Jake looked good and the money got slapped out. <laughs> like, nah, I was on it before Jake can. Yeah, yeah, that was good. So next week, I mean, I'm excited for that. I mean, Wardlow's going to win, but what do we Lance Archer? Bang! That should be really good. Yeah. Um, how long are, do you reckon they're going to do till we get Wardlow versus Spears? Because I feel like that's coming soon. I think once they've run out of like horses, because I think MGF's trying to find like all the big lads he can throw in front of him. Yeah, but the danger of that is if they start throwing all the horses at Wardlow, like you've got Keith Lee and Hobbs who need protecting it. But it will be them. I mean, like all like the, the sort of like the lower tier, like the mercenary ones, you know, like Butcher and Archer and like maybe who else? JD Drake. Possibly, I mean, I don't know how. I think I don't think I think it's getting to the point because like Archer's quite protected, and he's like he's like that's he's like that's okay, people level. Yeah, yeah. So I don't um, know there's going to be many people. I mean, the, the next thing you do now is you go into handicap matches, presumably. Yeah. Put him or against like John Spears, where Wardlow remains handcuffed, and Spears can use a chair. Yeah, I guess I've Spears twatting with a chair a couple of times. Uh, next up, then we had Hook. Speaking of uh, JD Drake, we had Hook versus Anthony Henry. Yeah. The other member of the work. I mean, I, I'd pay for Wardlow versus the Workhorseman. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, Workhorsemen are awesome. Fuck that. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tony Nice in the crowd looking on. Hook's got Hook's got a lot on his plate, man. He's got he's got Tony Nice scoping him out. He's got Dan House and stalking around. Yeah. Uh, Dan House pops up, tries to curse Hook again. Hook puts just ignores it and puts the red room on right. for the top of. Fit two things that I really know, like I noticed about this, which made me really happy. One. The pop for Dan Housen was probably the biggest pop of the night. Yeah, and not to, two, no, not 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 for this, but not for when he appears. It's something that happens a little bit in a, in a little second. Well, 
initially when he appeared, he got a massive pop. And then when he does the other thing, he got an even bigger pop. But we'll we'll get let's let's get to the other thing because yeah. So after the match, uh, Danhausen gets in the ring and he basically says, it's, "If you if you won't be cursed by Danhausen, you're going to have to fight Danhausen." And he pokes him in the chest, and that that hook just kind of walks past him basically. And as soon as he says, "You're going to fight Danhausen," yeah. the pop was enormous. But when Hook walked like sort of like knocked into Danhausen, walked away. He was getting booed. Yeah. So Dan, Danhausen managed to get people to boo Hook. That's yeah, the, fucking huge. Pirate Danhausen, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe Danhausen did curse Hook. Hook just, just doesn't know about it. Yeah. So then we got a little bit more of the Scorpio Sky face turn. He basically asks uh, Kazarian to wait on his um, TNT title shot so Sky can have his rematch. Yeah. So they sort of bring in the sort of the friendship and the of the um that's a point, actually, I've just realised Sky's got his match with Sammy next week, hasn't he? Yeah. So that's how he gets down the rankings. Yeah, if he loses that, then yeah, then Punk can just leapfrog him. But then Mox is the issue, isn't it? Because Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club are getting booked strong as fuck. Yeah. Um, next up then, it's more Sammy and Ty stuff. Yeah, it's what it is. No, thank you. I mean, I can't even remember. I mean, all I remember is, I, I don't remember much of the detail of this promo. All I remember is Ethan Page just owning Sammy on the microphone again because he is just that good. Well, they, they, turned, they turned Dan Lambert babyface, which shows how reviled. <laughs> point. Um, yeah. It was weird because this did feel very much like a Cody promo where he was like, oh, yeah, like, you want me to turn heel, but the people who support me, I'm doing this for you. And he said that, and I was like, oh, fuck off. Don't, don't. Yeah. Uh, House of Black had a little promo, which is pretty cool. Again, I, I like the promos where they sort of like coming in out of the shadows and like sort of fade back in, and it's it's really it's really like it's really quite effective and really atmospheric. Yeah, and I really enjoy I, it. I feel like House of Black's building up to something massive. Um, presumably a double or nothing. Yeah, but I mean, Phoenix is Phoenix is cleared now. Yeah, so Phoenix will be back whenever they whenever they have a chance to do the match again, which would be but awesome. Phoenix they just need to build it now. Phoenix is wrestling in Mexico on Sunday. Yeah. Um, next, the book, actually. next up then, Britt Baker versus Daniel Camella. This is a Owen Hart a women's tournament qualifier. Really short match. Nothing particularly, nothing you wouldn't expect. I mean, Daniel looked good. She looked fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she, she, was never, she was never beaten Britt. This was Britt's return to the ring after losing the belt. Uh, she was accompanied by um, two Pittsburgh Steelers players, which is a really cool touch. Mm-hmm. And they also when when it came time for the um for the lockjaw they gave her a Pittsburgh they gave her a Steelers glove as well instead of just the normal glove yeah. which I really liked yeah I'd uh, like to see more of uh, Danielle Camelo yeah she looked great I'd, I'd, be, I'd be happy to stick around yeah uh, that was cool uh, after the um after the tournament after the win Britt Baker does cut to promo runs down the women's division says she you know she, um Ruby Soho Tony Storm even Jade Cargill they trashes them all um doesn't matter that Red Velvet's in the baddie section she's going to beat her again she's going to win the Owen Hart yeah fair play yeah and then they um, run a quick recap of Serena and Ishida um they're going to end their feud where it started in Philadelphia with the street fight which is kind of cool that's good I felt like it was starting to Run its course a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's she has been away for a bit, so it's sort of had its time to breathe, hasn't it? And I'm I'm, I'm excited for 
um, for it to end in that fashion. It has, but also they've kept it off TV for quite a few weeks and then just come back to it. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, with the amount of video packages they've done, like, like that's one major criticism I've got of AEW at the moment is like the amount of like video packages they've done this week. And they could have done it. They they could have done pre- previous weeks as well, just to kind of like like they do doing rampage, just like a thirty second thing, just to kind of like keep the feud going. Yeah. And right, then we get to the main event, which was Darby Allen versus Andrade in a coffin match. It's a banger. It was so good, wasn't it? I mean, it was. I think I'm still slightly higher on Punk v Dustin, but this was a close second match wise. Yeah. I mean, it was great. It was it was just it was just nonsense. I mean, Derby and Andrade have very little regard for either of their bodies, which when you put them together, it makes for a, a very exciting they've, match. They've got really good chemistry. Like I know, um, I know there was kind of like the talk of like, oh yeah, whenever like Derby and MJF get in the ring together, they guaranteed to have banger and like Jungle Boy and MJF. I think you can kind of like chalk up Andrade and Derby as well to that list. I mean, I think you put. I think I think when you look at any of the four pillars, even Sammy, you put Sammy in there. The, the, I think the thing that makes them special is they, they can have. Manage. Yes, um, I think the thing that makes them special is they can have a decent match with anybody. Well, that's why the, the four pillars, isn't it? Yeah, and then when you put two uh, into, when you put two of them in the same match, like you saw with MJF Derby, you get something really special. Yeah, and, and, MGF, and, and Jeff Jungle Boy as well, for that matter. Derby Jungle Boy is the one I'm really excited about. Yeah, not that that yet. Just put them all in a four-way match at some point. Just do it. Do what you can. Yeah, do it. Do like a number one contenders match. Uh, so yeah, so the, 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 the sorry, the, not the Hardy family. The Andrade family offers turn up and stop beating on Derby, um, hitting them with the skateboard and stuff. Sting does the <laughs> Sting does the I'm wearing a Sting mask spot, which is always hilarious. I love that. I like the fact that because he had a baseball cap on as well when he took yeah. the mask off. <laughs> He had like a baseball cap in his face paint. It was he great. Just looked like, like going to like a fucking family barbecue or something. And then he jumps off the, the railings over the stairs. Fucking loves doing that, doesn't he? He, 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 is, he is an absolute hooer for jumping off high places now. He's, he's, like he did it once. He was like, right, that's my thing now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all the time. It stings just like I'd, like when like having a conversation with Darby and Jeff Hardy in the back, like, oh yeah, top that boy, <laughs> top that youngsters. So that was fun. Um Andrade, like, that sickening way through Darby into that, like, metal grate. Oh, that was so upsetting. Looked horrible. Uh, they, get back to, they get back down to the coffin. Andrade tries to put Darby in. Darby manages to climb out. Uh, that bit, then, so then they sort of have a bit of a fight on the apron. Darby hits a suicide dive through the apron, like a spear, and both of them fly into the coffin. Uh, Darby's about to close the lid. Jose comes down, tries to stop him. Darby just slams him onto the lid, which is like covered in thumbtacks, and then closes it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good finish. Um, I think the right guy probably won. I think Darby. That's this is Darby's match. He needs to, he needs to win a few of these first before he loses one. Yeah, I think as well. Um, Andrade's like picked up quite a few victories. Sorry, over I, that. I, I can just feel the, the, the murder look I'm getting off Sarah saying that now. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Just say I said something bad about Charlotte Flair. It'll, it'll get you some. Get the heat off you. <laughs> yeah, I I think that Andrade like could afford to lose this match just because Derby's lost pretty much every other match they've had. Yeah, he got the, he got the win in the singles match, didn't he? Which was kind of a big one. Um, yeah, and yeah, also we... the triple threat. Sammy won it, but Derby's up to pin him now. 
Yeah. Yeah, really fun match. Really good way to end the show. Um, it was nice. If it had a bit of a big, quite a bit of a big match feel, I feel like it was the blow off to the feud. Yeah. I feel like it is. I feel like they're going to be going down the road of Sting and Derby versus the Hardys. Yeah, well, that'd be that'd be fun, wouldn't it? That that seems to be what the teasing because of what what happened after the match as well. Uh, right then, highs and lows. Before we move on, um, I'd say my high was. I mean, Blackpool Combat Club's always a high for me. And we didn't we didn't mention Utah's gear as well. Oh, yeah, like. yeah, Utah's gear was awesome. Utah's new like white with like blood. New, new, uh, music, new music as well. No, he had that uh, ROH. Did he? I mean, I'm sure he had that on Supercard of Honor. Oh, cool. Well, it's it's, it's new music from Rockus. He was tweeting about he, the other day. He did Supercard. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, because he's left best friend at that point. Um, yeah, as much as I love Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black, and they were both on it. All my favourite boys, the Kiki boys and the Spooky boys. Um, I mean, that main event was just fucking awesome. It was so. It was just madness in the best possible way, wasn't it? Yeah, and I love a bit of madness. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my high was Darby and Andrade. Um, my low was that Sammy and Ty were on the show. Fair, yeah. Uh, just before we move on to my highs and lows, shout out if you haven't seen this week's BTA. Shout out to um, Chuck Taylor cutting Uther off his best friend shirt and like leaving his nipple exposed. Oh, that was. That was brilliant. Also, shout out to the Hardys. Yeah, that, that was that, that was excellent. incredible. We lost to everyone. We lost to everybody. <laughs> uh, right, I'm gonna have to same down as you. Obviously, Ty and Sammy. Just, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know how they get themselves out of this out of this hole they're running down with the booking. Take the fucking belt off them for a start. In fact, I was. I've just realised because I was saving this for the fucking podcast. And I nearly didn't say it. Because um, I'd almost forgot. This is the way you do it. Because uh, I was anticipating someone was going to ask this question, so I give it lots of thought. But I'm just going to say it because we're not doing questions today because we're in a rush. Um, I've Scorpio beat Sammy in the ladder match. As they're celebrating, Ethan Page attacks Scorpio. They feud for the belt. Sammy's out the title picture. Boom, done. I love that, yeah. Bang and feud. We love to see it. Well, do you not have Scorpio turn on Page and have Page as the baby horse? Nah, Page is too natural to heel. He's such, he's, such, he's such a top lad, though. He is a top lad, but Ethan Page can. And then I've Tony open the Forbidden Door and have the North feud with uh, SCU. Yeah, just, just on a personal level for me. Um, <laughs> just once for a treat. Just, just because I want the North versus FTR, and that, that's like the that's the opening sort of like thing to get us to it. Uh, right then, before you finish, I'll say my high. I'll have CM Punk be Dustin because I thought that was excellent. Awesome. Did it as a match I didn't know I wanted, and then yeah, until we got it. Right then, on to the rampage. Um, again, obviously, starts with Adam Cole versus EG, which, yeah, didn't know I wanted this. I love how I, I love how like canonically, Ishii is friends with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I love the fact that Orange uh, and. Was it was it Orange and Trent? No, Orange, Orange, and Rocky. Orange and Rocky, yeah. Came out to represent chaos with this year. I mean, this match was just a slobber knocker, wasn't it? For one for a better word. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a fucking banger. Like it, that's the like we we spoke about it the other week with Adam Cole, that he's really good at kind of like adapting to other people's styles and like 
not necessarily wrestling their match, but just kind of like wrestling the match around them. Yeah. And but this he, was like a prime example of this. Ishii is Ishii is like if if you if you want an analogy, he's like that boss in the video game where you like you run up to him and you hit him with like everything you've got and like a little tiny bit of his health bar goes down. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh for fuck's sake. They call they call him the stone pitbull for a reason. Yeah, he just he, he just takes so much punishment and just get keeps getting back up and take the fucking terminator. That clothesline he did on Cole near the end of the match was disgusting. Oh, it was that was just upsetting on multiple levels. As someone as someone who likes Adam Cole on like a personal level, that was that was really quite concerning. Somebody who likes yeah. him on like podcasts, likes him on his likes him on a stream and stuff like that. I, I just don't I don't want to see the man be subjected to that. Even when he's being an absolute piece of shit heel, you don't want to see him get like murderized by an issue clothesline ever. No, and this was like obviously Cole was the faster man. It was a lot of Cole sort of like zipping around trying to like bring Ishii down, and every now and then Ishii just catch him with like a mad move and just the, murder him. The stick with the dog now the dog analogies. Ishii was like a stone pit bull in the dog park. Adam Cole was like a little yappy Yorkshire terrier, like just snapping at his heels, and Ishii was just like turning around and eventually would get him and just like fling him to the ground. Yeah. That's the best like analogy I can call it anyway. <laughs> Uh, so towards the end of the match, then um, there was a little bit of a sort of distraction. Um, Jay White came down, attacked Rocky Romero, and then as you see, the ref were distracted. Cole hit a low blow, then hit the boom. So, yeah, she kept having an answer for the boom as well, didn't he? As well, earlier, yeah. earlier in the match. So I know people are going moaning again. I mean, oh, look, Adam Cole hits a low blow to win, but like as I said on the TV the other day, like if I was going into the ring with Ishii, I'd pick up a gun, let alone a low blow. Let's do it. The only way I'm beating him is to fucking shoot him. Like, uh, you know. Let's say he brought the switchblade. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really, really fun match. Like, it was it was great. I mean, Adam Cole, he knows how to wrestle that like Japanese style, doesn't he? And yeah. Like, so it was it was a it was a it was a fantastic new Japan match on Rampage. It was. It was. Uh next up then we had the Jericho Appreciate Society trying to enter the, the arena. Obviously, they're not allowed in, and then Daniel Garcia is like, oh, don't worry, I got this. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Next up, then the, the moment of the week, uh, Lexi Nair was trying to do hook, and he went back into the locker room. And Dan Howes and he just throwing his potato chips all over the floor. Yeah, I, I love the way he was holding the bag, just like, like, <laughs> like he was holding like a, a like a fucking evidence bag at a crime scene. <laughs> and he's like, is this I how mean, you like your chips? And he just like stamps up a few chips, and then Hook just throws them into the wall. Yeah, <laughs> Hook speaks. Yeah. Oh my so god, he's got want, even his voice is fucking cool, isn't it? Yeah. Says you want my attention now. You got it now. Sounds like it's not a fucking Robert Rodriguez film. It's great. Yeah. Um I'm scared for Danhausen. Yeah, he's he's in danger. Although, what if what if Danhausen beats Hook? What if it goes to like a draw and like they end up becoming a buddy tag team, like the bar? I'm still holding no hope for that. Um, I really, I, I really like the idea of Dan Howes and like <laughs> freaking Hook by like giving him a bag of chips and then rolling him up or something. <laughs> and Hook just choking him out after the match. All right, next up then, we had a quick one. Lance Archer versus Serpentico. Uh, shout out to Serpentico at the start of the match. Uh, Lance Archer jumps him like, while he's making his entrance. And so Serpentico gets like nailed and he falls down in perfect time to the Everybody Dies part of Lance Archer's theme song. Yeah. Which was, oh, it was Chef's Kiss. It was beautiful. The, 
it was brilliant the way he dives on Archer and then he thinks he's knocked him over. <laughs> yeah, and he just hasn't moved. <laughs> uh, so Archer gets in the ring and fucking murderizes him. Uh, gives the black oath, gets the win, and then I like this. So after the match, he chokes on Cementco a couple of times, but then as soon as the crowd start like cheering along, he just stops. Yeah, like, as soon as the crowd he, start to enjoy themselves, he's like, "No, no, we're not having this now." He, he's got a good mind for like reading the crowd, doesn't he, Archer? Yeah, very good. We had a quick vignette with Mark Stern and Tony Nice. It's fine. It's good, good, good stuff. And this is a really good move for Tony. I think being with Mark's a really good, really good uh, way to yeah. have him. Uh, and then we're going to have Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. I mean, again, I'm, I, I say this every time, and I, I shouldn't be surprised anymore. But it always it warms my fucking soul when I hear the pop Eddie Kingston gets every time the music hits. Yeah, Eddie Kingston like just stupidly over, isn't he? Like we we were, we were talking about a Wardlow's kind of like Stone Cold. Yeah, Eddie Eddie's got like that Austin kind of like vibe to him, hasn't he? That like every man just like literally ass kicker. Like when Eddie's like, like you know when Austin's music hit, you always knew someone was going to get fucking done in. Mm. It's, 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 it's the same thing. Whenever Eddie's music hits, you know it's like it's fucking fight time. It's similar kind of like opening things. The music as well, isn't it? Like Austin had the glass break. Eddie's got like the like the church organ playing. Yeah. Like as soon as you hear that, you know, oh shit's going down. Yeah. As soon as that comes in, it's oh, don't fucked up. Um. So this was just a fight. This was just a twelve-minute fight. This was awesome. It was so good. This was just Garcia trying to be like, because Garcia's got that mean streak where he like both these guys can hurt you. And that's the whole. That's the whole point. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Garcia. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was either Starks or Excalibur said that on commentary as well. Like. Garcia was very much like using his kind of quickness to keep Eddie grounded, but also keep out of it, like keep away from Eddie because he knew. Yeah, he was Eddie, like he was like trying to stick a move, and like Eddie was like, you only need to land that one big, one big suplex or that one big chop or something to to trap Garcia, and then it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was oh, it was such a fun, it was such a such a fun match. Like Eddie's such, Eddie's such like you said, Eddie's so such a believable guy in the ring. Like his his offense looks so good. Like it looks like it looks like the type of guy the way a guy would fight you in a bar. Yeah, I think these two as well. Like we talked about chemistry before with their Darby and Andrade. Oh, and they, they've they've got it completely. Eddie and Daniel Garcia could like wrestle forever. And yeah, I, I match every time because they're just so fucking like good at wrestling each other. Like that bit in the like that bit in the middle of the match where they were just chopping each other and then like. Garcia went to the uppercuts and then Eddie just like kneed him like straight in the stomach and like doled him over. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um it, it was shades of it was there were shades of um Kingston versus Danielson in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Daniel Garcia is a young Brian Danielson at this yeah. point. It was it was a very similar match, except it was flipped around slightly because like Eddie was the more experienced and like the sort of the more tenured guy. Whereas against Danielson he was he was almost fighting as like the slightly the slight underdog almost. Whereas here he was probably the slight favourite in terms of like career wise. Yeah. That, that's a fair fair assessment. Um I, I liked as well that Taz called the spinning fat backfist the backfist of the future. Yeah. That made me happy. Give me that Chikara. It's just Claudio's going to make they gotta get the Chikara in. Oh well we need to speak about that, don't we? Because it was interesting that Eddie came out with a Sarah Del Rey shirt. Yeah. He was married to Sarah Del Rey, Tasty. Is it Claudio Castagnoli? It's Claudio Castagnoli. 
<laughs> you know, just 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 in case you want to let any more of a fucking tease that Claudio's on his way in. Yeah. And he keeps saying he wants to fucking fight him. If Matt Jackson hits the neutralizer in the, oh, in the match next week, then it's then it's happening. Hold on, hold on. What if you know we were saying like they need like two people to equal like to even the odds? What if it's fucking kings of wrestling? Yeah. Or hey, fuck it, I'd even take Swiss money holding at this point. But Kings of Wrestling, like what a one. You can get Chris Heroes even couldn't even just for a one off. Chris Heroes doing stuff in ROH, I think. Well he was he was before the pandemic, you'd assume he'd still be not before the pandemic, sorry, during the pandemic, I should say. Yeah. You'd assume he's probably gonna be someone that Tony Elite would want to keep around because he's a big old mark for thing about it. Yeah, so Kingston wins with the, with the Backlash of the Future or the Hurricane, depending on what you want to call it. Uh, after the match, uh, he, <coughs> Eddie took his belt off, almost like a belt of whip Garcia. And then he was like, nah, nah I'm going to save this for you, Chris. This this pro, that promo, like he caught as well. Like that, just like, because he was like growling into the mic, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like, he was like this woman's going to be safe for you, Chris. It was fantastic. Well, Eddie gives me like actual fear when you get like that. It's great. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Swerve and Keith Lee backstage. Uh, Keith Lee's so worked up, he's actually sounds a little bit angry, which is, you know. I, I love that there's a thing at the start. Um, wait, so Keith says, like, he looks up to Taz and Taz tarnished that. But when he says, I looked up to Taz, Swerve just goes, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good together, aren't they? They're great. I, I, I love, yeah. I, I mean, I love them anyway. Um, what was it? What was it? Um, Swerve said something like, "We've got, we've got to deal with this predicament." That's one of those big words you told me. Yeah, <laughs> Swerve's fucking so good. cool. I'm glad, I'm glad this is rumbling on this feud because I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, well, um, yeah, because um, uh, Ricky then challenges them to a rematch, doesn't he? Yeah. He calls them Keen. What is it like a low budget Keen and Kel or something? He does. He calls them low budget Keen and Kel, and then they made a shirt or they made a design, which I hope they put on a shirt of yeah, um, the, the Keen and Kel logo with Swerve and Lee. Which did you, did you see when Ricky said that Excalibur? Excalibur like has to turn away because he starts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, next up, he, he turns towards Taz and then Taz starts laughing. <laughs> Next up, then we had Tony Giovanni backstage with Rip Baker, Jamie Hager, and Tony Storm. I like this um, a little bit of a little bit of excellent work from Jamie Hager in this promo. Um, so Giovanni says one of the ladies could go on to win the Owen Hart Foundation Cup. Um, Rip Baker says, "Yeah, it's going to be one of the women to your left," which was like those three, uh, her and Jamie. And Jamie sort of points like with Rick Conceal points to her and goes, "It's going to be me." Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Do you, do you think that Jamie and Britt like? Tearing on each other happens in this tournament. Quite possibly, yeah. I think it makes sense. I could see Brit accidentally costing Hater against Tony Storm, perhaps. And, and then, then Hater, and then Hater doing turning on Brit against Storm later down the line, maybe in the final. Mm-hmm. Got to say, Tony held her own in the same in this promo. Though. Yeah, she was great. Like straight up, just goes to Brit. Like, oh yeah, you, you're a big name in AW. What have you done outside of AW? Yeah. She's like, I've been a big name wherever I've been. Which was, um, which was good. 
Uh, she basically says she's going to see Hater in the first round, and then she'll see Britt later if Britt makes it off her, which was kind of nice. Yeah. A nice little dig. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, we had a massive match um, announced as well. Um, we're going to have FTR going one on one. Well, that got that got announced on um, Dynamite. Yeah, but they they, but, sh- they showed a little video on on Rampage to sort of hype it up a little bit more. And they're going to be releasing another one tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be on the road too, isn't it? Yeah. This yeah. Night. Did you see what the announced what Tony announced last night as well? What was that? Folks on commentary for it. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, then we move on to the main event. Uh, nothing really notable from the um Mark Henry and two. It was it was fine, but nothing I can really remember standing out. Yeah. Um Jade just wasn't paying attention, which is a whole gimmick. Um yeah. Marina said she was a problem, and then Jade got angry about that. And yeah, she said no, she was the problem. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Turn on to the main event. Jade, Jade, sorry, Jade Cargo versus Marina Shafir for the TBS champ. This is Jade's potentially Jade's thirtieth win. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This this was a fine match, wasn't? I, I think the thing to remember with these two is. Neither of them have been doing it that long. Yeah, I mean, it was. I thought it was very good from the fact that it was clearly a match that Jade had to like lead, and it was probably the first time she's had to really do that. Yeah, and I think she did and, pretty well at it. Yeah, she did. She did very well at it. Um, yeah, it was, it, my only um, my only issue really was that it maybe felt like it went a little bit too long. Yeah, about twelve minutes, and it was the main event. Yeah, I think just because... And they broke it up well. Like They went outside and they did like the guardrail spot and everything. I, I think that's why it felt like it went long, though, because they like did like a lot of stuff on the outside. I liked that, though. I thought they broke it up. And I, I think it was the bit where like Jade was like... They, they sort of did a bit where Jade was like sort of leaning on the on the guardrail, like chilling out. And then a bit later, they had the spot where Marina was like legitimately laid out on the guardrail, which sort of mirrored it, which was really nice. Mm. That's fair. That pump kick that... Jade on the outside was filth as well. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Um, then yeah, Marina got choked on through the timekeeper table, like in a scatty table spot. Yeah, I think I think the reason it felt like it was long is because just thinking about it is they could have done this like, like like the Brock Goldberg sort of thing where it was just like a really fast paced, impact, impactful like just two fucking bulls going at one another mm. because they were both kind of obviously Shafi is more of like an MMA like background which would what would be why it would slow it down but with like I think, I, think, I think they tried to book it as like Shafi trying to be a bit more methodical about it and like sort of pick Jade off yeah and that was that was my only issue is that it was maybe a little bit because it was a bit too slow paced at times like it felt longer than it was yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought the match as, as a whole was, was real, real good match. fun. Uh, Jade wins, jaded um, after powering out of an ankle lock. Yeah, which was nice. It, it's it's really weird, isn't it? Because you you try and put Jade in submission, and she's so tall, she can like just reach the ropes and pretty much anywhere in the ring. Yeah, which, which is kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, after the match, uh, Jade green balloons cascade down from the ceiling. Um, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet get in the ring with Jade and they take some selfies to sort of celebrate. Yeah. Um, who do you think takes it off Jade? 
Um, I think if Athena comes in, I think it's Athena. Or Tony Storm, maybe. Well, Tony Storm's gonna. I think Tony Storm's gonna win the Owen, so she'll be going into the main event, into the women's title scene. You think? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, right then. Any highs and lows for Rampage before we wrap it up? Uh, my high was Eddie versus Garcia. Um, didn't really have a low. As I say, my only I had like a little bit of an issue with the length of the um the Jade and well, not even the length, just the timing of the Jade and Marina match. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was. A, I didn't think it was a bad match by any means. I I still think those was a really fun match. I Fair. just, I just thought if it was a little bit shorter, it would have been a bit better. If that makes sense. Yeah. All three of the matches actually are listed here as twelve minutes long. All three of the big, all three of the non-squash matches, which is kind of funny. Um, I'm gonna go with for high Cole versus Ishii because. Fuck it, man! It's called HCC. Who, who the fuck yeah. doesn't want that? If, you, if, you, if, if, that, if that doesn't do it for you, you should be watching wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was just fun. It was just like Adam Cole trying to kill a Dark Souls boss in real life. <laughs> do you reckon that's why he's been playing loads of Elden Ring on his stream? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because <laughs> he knew HCC was coming. So that was just really good fun. Um, special shout out for Hook speaking as well. It was a highlight. Yeah. Oh yeah, that Dan Housen Hook vignette was fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, look, no. As was the SDR one actually. The yeah, was awesome. Dax talking about like, oh, Dax, every time Dax starts talking, I almost stop crying. He's such a tough guy. It, I love the fact that it was shot where they were both kind of sat on the porches. Yeah, it was really cool, like visual. But crucially, they were both separate, which made it feel like. Yeah. Which made it feel like a bit more. Ooh, ooh, this could this could get a bit nasty. Like they're, they're going to go places here. They're going to push each other. Like that, they'll be well, they'll be that, friends. They'll be friends at the end, but they're going to fucking go to bad places in the ring. Yeah, Dax tweeted out, didn't he? Saying first time, only time. Yeah. Um, which makes me think that, yeah, this is going to be a fucking match. Yeah. Why they've had a punk on commentary? Why there's all the Bret Hart symbolism co- going into this? I mean, you know, they've been watching like Bret Owen like all week. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. percent they've been studying Bret Hart matches. So I'm just, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for it. It's one of the one of the many fantastic matches I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. That yeah, night. I, I, re- I really, feeling, really can't wait. I've got a feeling already that that's gonna be my high for that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an easy it's an easy early shout in it. Yeah, that's it. Right, so on that note then, we'll bring it all to a close. We'll join us next week when we, if we're still alive after watching that match, we'll, we'll bring we're it all there. We're going to do bumper questions next week because we really oh, yeah. the- we'll do We'll do double questions next week about anything anything you want. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for joining us for this week's Dynamite Review. We'll catch you all next week for some FTR on FTR action. So yeah, take, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. (laughs) 